You think you know the story, don't you? A foul wizard captures beautiful people, locks them away in a tower for his own ends, right? Then what happens? Yes, noble hero comes rushing to their aid, typically on some big horse swing around some piece of metal. Yes, 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 that's the story, right? Wrong. No, that's not how these stories go at all. Not really. The big fabrication is the hero. There isn't one, not on the outside at least. The biggest flaw is who the story's about. They always make it about the hero and the conjurer, don't they? But I'm telling you, the focus is in the wrong place. These stories are actually about the beauties, the people stolen away from their lives and their loved ones and their homes, these beauties who are their own heroes for themselves and each other. You might think that we call them beauties for their looks or special qualities, and again, you'd be wrong. They are beautiful because they are heroic when they have every reason not to be. Alright, should we get started? Okay, I have to like yes. start this game. I have to do the thing with it. Okay, alright. You gotta be the big bad, Dan. I gotta be the big bad. I gotta like host bad. things. Okay, give me, give me a sec. Give me, I just need water. <clears throat> it's so funny. I feel like we're in like such a goofy mood, like to play this game right now. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, you need therapy. Yeah. Damn it, Nat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. You're only proving your own point, really. <laughs> He's like yeah, dying. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I just go ahead and die. Uh, yeah, just let me let me let me come back from death a little bit for a second here. Just uh, start enough, from resurrection. Welcome to Diceology, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling you stories in an anthology format. We're here for the role playing and the rolling. I'm your host and conjurer, Dane. With me tonight is Natalie. Hello. Are we introducing our characters? Not yet. Okay, hi. <laughs> Olivia. Do we need to redo this? <laughs> hi, no. I'm Olivia. That's not how we do this. This happens every time. This happens every time. But also, I'm joined by Olivia. Hi, guys. <laughs> and our special guest tonight, Ashley. Hello. Uh, in recording, I was about to say welcome back because we're recording. This is the second recording we've had with Ashley. Uh, but in order of release... Uh, I think this will be your first appearance on the show. Uh, but we're continuing our anthology of Anna Landon's games tonight with Conjurer's Cloak. Uh, don't forget, you can find her games at analandon.itch.io, link in the description. So I'm just going to read a quick description of the game, and then we'll get into introducing characters and kind of discussing the game as mechanics before we dive into scenes and stuff. So... The Conjurer's Cloak, a game by Anna Landon. You are all beautiful, and once you were free, but that was before the shadow of the Conjurer's Cloak fell on you. You were stolen away, trapped inside this lonely castle. Within its forbidden walls, the Conjurer dwells, holding you captive. Outside, the woods are dark and deep, full of wolves that gnaw the bones of the beauties who came before you, cast out when the Conjurer grew bored of them. One day, the Conjurer will grow bored of you, too. Before that day comes, you must break the enchantment of the cloak and escape this place. So, this is a game for three to five players, played with a handful of six-sided dice and something to write on. One of you will play the Conjurer, 
hi, and the rest um, will play beauties. As beauties, you will work together to unravel the enchantment of the cloak and rob the conjurer of their powers so that you may escape captivity. As the conjurer, it is up to you to hold on to the powers your cloak has granted you. Who would you be without it? So, why don't each of you introduce uh, your beauties? Uh, let's start with our guest. Let's start with Ashley. So, uh, my beauty is uh, Nevea, uh, she, her. She definitely has like more of like a slender build to her brown hair, gray eyes, kind of think more like a ballerina. Uh, she is a dancer. That is kind of her, her favorite thing. And her beauty would be described as graceful. Cool. Cool. Uh, next up, Natalie. Okay. <clears throat> I will be playing Dottie Dusk, a.k.a. Miss Dottie, pronouns are she, her. Um, she is a fawn, or like a satyr, kind of, um, and uh, she's black. She has these warm brown eyes. Uh, she wears round glasses. Um, she has a larger build, lots of laugh lines. Um, she has an afro. She's very... She's got, yeah, she's very joyous, um, and she wears, like, a very simple kind of flowy blue dress, and it has pressed flowers that are, like, magically woven into the seams, and they're all very colorful, um, and she's, like, 32 years old, um, and she's, when she's not being captured in a castle, she is a school teacher, um, and her trait is imaginative, She's, she's very creative, get lost, gets lost in like daydreams all the time, likes to write stuff like that. All right, Livia, you're up. My name is Serafina and uh, pronouns are she, her, and I have black straight hair. Um, it's kind of hip length, bright blue eyes, uh, tall and thin, wears like a purple skirt that's really long and then kind of a short top with cork sandals light skin um 26 years old uh until now uh her world has kind of revolved around music playing it and writing it and protecting it um and her trait is fierce cool and i'll be the conjurer uh named mirkir he him and his background is mysterious. He's just the conjurer. Uh, his magic reveals itself as the spark, rush, and ember of the elements. He is charming and manipulative. He wears this sort of like, his cloak has four symbols, one for earth, one for sky, one for life and death, uh, etched into its sort of like black, almost feather-like fabric. And he wears like a large amulet and always has like a crow familiar i think um so yeah those will be the characters we are playing tonight the traits we've we've put up um <clears throat> excuse me which in this case are graceful imaginative fierce uh charming and manipulative are all mechanically important and we'll kind of we'll get we'll get to that but here's basically how this game is going to work. Goodness, I am still 
I am still drowning in the air because of that water. God damn it. <laughs> um, You're doing great. I'm doing my best. Uh, so, but anyways, when this when the game begins, the conjurer will place their dice in a group representing the cloak. I have four dice, one for each beauty plus an additional one. Each individual die represents one magic seal stitched into the cloak. It is from them that its magic powers spring. To escape from the conjurer's clutches, the beauties must unravel these seals or stitch curses of their own into the fabric, breaking its hold on them. For each seal, the beauties take turns playing out scenes, telling the story of how they work to escape their cage. When you play out scenes to unravel the magic of the cloak, play out the events that take place, then do a contested role to decide the outcome of your efforts. If you're playing a beauty, roll your own die. Each one of the beauties has their own. If you're playing the conjurer, pick one die from the cloak and roll it. Whoever rolls highest wins. If your results are equal, nobody wins, and the cloak's magic remains unchanged. Take turns doing this until the conjurer has rolled each of their dice, meaning we're going to play four scenes, um, unless we need to do a second round. As a beauty, on your turn, you may roll your dice twice and choose the highest result if you expend your trade. If you do so, cross it out on your sheet and explain how the trait aids you. You may expend the trait to aid yourself, or you may expend it to help another beauty in a different scene. As the conjurer, you may resist the result of a roll by expending one of your traits. When you do, you may keep your die, um, or sorry, you must keep your die, even if it shows a lower result. Uh, for each time the conjurer loses a roll, they must remove the die from the cloak and discard it. Every time a beauty loses the roll, they must discard their die. They may still expend their trait to aid someone else, even if they've lost their die, and as long as they have not yet expended said trait. Um, <clears throat> however, if results are equal, everyone keeps their dice. At the end of this game, each side gathers up the dice into two pools. The beauties put their dice into one and may add extra dice for each trait they have that they have not yet expended. The conjurer puts all the dice that remain in the, on the cloak into the pool and may add one for each trait of theirs they have not yet expended. Roll the dice. If the beauty's dice is higher, they win and escape. If it is lower, they lose. So, I think that about covers it. That's most of the rules. Um, how are we feeling? Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up to the nervous. dice is always yeah. nerve-wracking. Yeah. That's um, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> this is a rather intense game. The both the subject matter uh, and yeah, no, the subject matter is intense. So there is we have already put together our lines and veils. Uh, additionally, uh, on the our shared dice, if you go to go to that tab, uh, you'll see there's the X card. So please feel free to use that if something comes up that's kind of intense. Um, I know we don't normally kind of talk about these safety tools that we normally are using, but I think in this particular game, it is particularly important. So how do we want to get started? Do we want to decide a turn order? Do you want me to sort of like set the scene, so to speak? Um, before we, before you, one of you starts taking a turn. Yeah, let's let's set the scene so we're because <laughs> I'm still very, I'm not super confused, but I'm slightly confused. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, let let's decide on a turn order though. Um, how about 
how about Natalie, Olivia, and then Ashley? So that way we get into the, the rhythm of things for you. Sounds good to me. Okay. Cool. And to be clear, uh, when we're having scenes, basically everybody is welcome to be in them. Uh, just whoever's turn it is kind of has a certain amount of final say and sort of holds the holds the writer's pen, so to speak. But I'll get I'll just get us sort of started then. I think the first thing we would see is sort of a rushing through the dark woods that surround the conjurer's castle. And normally woods, these these woods would be full of life. And instead, we just see this pack of wolves running through mangy, malnourished ones that have the sort of look of desperation in their eyes. Only the pine trees are still living since it's the dead of winter. Um, and we hear the crunch of their paws in the snow. But their territory, their range, always ends at the castle walls. They won't come, with, come within 100 yards of it. The castle's made of dark stone, almost black. But all the metal shines golden. The gates, the hinges, the doorknobs, all of it. And I think within one window, we can see him working up at the top of one of the towers in sort of a, a laboratory. And he writes, scratches things out, and then closes the book again. He'll move over to sort of a, a, a long table and begin sort of work on like a, a potion of sorts. And it, he, it makes the sort of face of like knowing he's missing some sort of ingredient. And with a quick gesture, he pulls the cloak from, from its hook uh, with its like deep symbols on its, on its back and then rings a bell. And I think we would sort of like make a cut to the bell ringing in a different room where there are three beds. It's a nice room. It's well furnished. Um, one's needs would be met. And under different circumstances, one might even call it a really nice room. But a jail cell is a jail cell. And the bell ringing once means he's calling for one of you. What do you all do? How long have we been here? I don't know. How long do you think? Maybe long enough that you know all the routines, right? So right. months <clears throat> at least. Maybe a year. Hmm. I feel like it might be a little bit less than a year because if we're, if now is like when we're trying to escape, I think at least my character would have initiated that a little bit sooner. <laughs> 
somewhere within three to five months. <laughs> a long, somewhere in there. A long ass a long time, time still. It's still a too long, long time to be too long. Mm-hmm. Dottie, did you hear the bell? Yeah, I'll go. Don't worry. You two rest. You sure? You sure? You good? Yeah. Yeah. Be I'll safe. go see what's up with him. And I think she just kind of takes like a deep breath and um, moves to go upstairs. Uh, when the um, when you reach the door, it's already open for you. And he looks over. He's got like short, uh, short cropped black hair and white skin and really dark eyes. He's young looking, but like his eyes say otherwise. Dottie, beautiful, excellent. Welcome here. I, I need ginger root and I need, uh, oh shit, uh, salt water. Ginger and salt water, huh? And and powdered silver as well, down from the stores. Mmm, what you making? A potion. Nothing to worry your lovely mind about. Hmm. Well, my lovely mind would beg to differ. Um, I'm kind of getting tired of this whole thing you not telling us like what we're uh what we're helping you do so you want to give me a hint or no we're just gonna stand there and brood on your way Of course, my liege. And she, like, really sarcastically does a curtsy and turns to go. I think he grins at that, like, is pleased by it almost. Hmm. So I think... I think she's just going to let that go for now. Um, But... Um, so she's gonna go to the store. Is that is that a process? Like, or um, can she just leave? I think yeah, she can just leave. I think it's like down at the bottom of the castle. Like it's the set. Like it's right next to the cellars. Like this is where we keep food, and this is where like he keeps magical reagents. Like they're next to each other because they both need to be stored in the same way. But so yeah, mm-hmm. I I think. I don't think the thing that keeps you in here is literal locks and keys. Mm -hmm. And so you are free to have, you have run of the place, so to speak. Okay. Question, are we still in this sort of like opening scene or Natalie, are you taking your first turn? Just curious. Um, good question. I think, um, we could probably transition it into a turn. Okay. Cool. So, do we want to kind of talk about how turns work? 
Yes, we can definitely do that. So, okay. um, let me pull this up. Bu, bu, bu. So, playing out scenes. As the struggle to escape gets underway and the unraveling of the conjurer's cloak begins, the beauties take turns telling the story of how it happens. When it is your turn to confront one of the enchanted seals woven into the cloak, you play out a scene of how that happens. You play your beauty and the conjurer plays themselves and any other opposing force in the scene. The other beauties may join in as appropriate, but when it is your turn, you have final say in any decisions made. The scene may be as brief or as lengthy as you wish, as long as it results in you attempting in some way to unravel the seal. Um, to build your scene, consider the fiction and let it help you decide how it happens. Where do you confront the conjurer or their magic? When does it happen? Do you go alone or is there someone else with you? When you've set the scene, play out what happens next. Play into your chosen traits and let them inform your actions. As a beauty, push forward, take chances, and don't be afraid of risking it. You have little to lose and everything to gain. As the conjurer, push back and challenge, but leave room for hope. You hold most of the power in this scenario and you need to wield it with care. Once you have played through the scene, for each seal of the cloak and the results of the game have been decided, play out one final scene in which all the beauties in the conjurer are present based on the final results of the roll. Um, so in this case, which so you're going to go after one of the seals at some point in this scene but you kind of have free range going forward right now and feel free to include um the others or for olivia ashley for you to join the scene however you wish okay so i think so I think I, I go down to the store um, near the cellar and I pick up, uh, what was it, ginger, ginger and silver and... Salt water. Salt water. Um, and I think you can see like something of an idea like pop up on her face. Um, and I think I'm going to pocket just a little bit of, like, each thing. Um, I'm going to take some, slash, I guess, steal some. Um, a little bit of everything, because uh, what I'm trying to do here um, is learn about what he's trying to make. Um, so I guess it's kind of a roundabout effort to maybe break the seal, um, just to learn more about it, possibly, possibly recreate it. Um, so that's what I'm doing. And then I'm going to head back upstairs. Okay. Um, I, so yeah, paint the picture. Okay. Um, so I think, yeah, so I, I kind of sort through everything, um, and I'm gonna snoop a little bit. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna snoop through the store, uh, just to kind of see if there's anything that feels obviously unusual or, um, you know, just kind of going through the ingredients in my head, like trying to think, like, do I know anything about these combinations of things? And, um, 
Uh, the stores are like I'd imagine like. Uh, oh, you know what's a good good metaphor, regardless of how we feel about J.K. Rowling. Um, <laughs> everything in the potions class—that's where you are. All of those like strange ingredients, like mm-hmm. everything would would hit those hit those sorts of requirements. Just like drawers on drawers. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Um, drawers on drawers. There are things labeled that you would like have never heard of, you know. Um, okay. And I... and also, meanwhile, I I will say I think because I'm also supposed to play anything opposing you guys. Um, <laughs> Mirkir's crow, his raven. Uh, flies into the window of the other two beauties room and this is his familiar so he can talk and so he says to them your friend is probably about to get up to trouble you should go stop her or you'll all suffer the consequences stop stop her yes Why do you, what do you think she's doing? Snooping. And we know we're not allowed to snoop. Yes, indeed. I'll, I'll go find her. Do you want me to come with? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Let's, let's go, Nevaeh. I think she'll nod and just kind of be like, just like have the face of like, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. Um, Dottie, coming down the stairs. Dottie, where... Where are you? Oh, hey. Hey, what are you guys doing here? He suspects that we're up to something. Who suspects it? Uh, Mir... Mirker? Mirker? Mirkir or that damn bird? Uh... Mirker told me to come find you and I brought Nevea. It might have been the bird. Ugh, I hate that thing. He How thinks does it, it always know. It's way too smart. I mean, those things have small brains. Why is it so smart? Uh, well. Uh, anyway. It is, a, it is a raven. I guess it would know about taking things, but. Listen, I'm, I, I want to get out of here, don't you? Yes, absolutely. But the only way out is through, and right now we're supposed to bring you back upstairs. But we've been trying to get through. We've been trying to get through. I think we need to push back. And I don't know what he's making up there, but... It can't be good, and I want to know about it. And, God, even if it doesn't get us out of here, at least I'll have something to do. 
It's not chores for him. I don't blame you. Nevaeh, what do you think? I want to get out of here. I think we can. I believe in us. So might have to kill that bird. <laughs> Screw you, bird. <laughs> His precious yeah. little raven. I don't know. It's a lot. Like, why pick a raven as a pet? Like, this guy's so weird. Like, why didn't he get, like, a cat? I feel like that's an evil thing to have. Cats you can't control as much as birds, maybe. Mm, You can train a bird. You can train a bird. Good point. Cats just won't take that. (laughs) Well, we're not going to take it either. So I say that we start pushing back and okay maybe the raven knows that i'm snooping do you think he'll do you think he'll believe that i actually went through with it after you guys came down here and told me that he knew probably not he's Stubborn. Well, really stubborn, but we can take a bet. I think we have to start taking some risks. And I know that's not, I don't just, I don't say that lightly because, you know, we don't know everything he's capable of. But if both of you are willing to take some risks with me, I I don't I don't think it's out of the question. Are you sure you're on board though? Because it it could end badly. I'm with you. I'm in.